On today's show, we'll touch on the controversial TJ Brody buyout discourse and discuss whether or not it makes sense to do so. Also, three names have popped up in the Leafs assistant coaching search. All that more coming up on the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Lease Podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, along with my guy, Dave Morissuti. What's going on, pal? Ah, not doing too bad. Enjoying another uh, another summer night. Some hot weather coming. I'm heating up the pool. Getting that yes. ready for... Yes. Very I, nice. throwing, I made the mistake one time of throwing in my pool steps when I was like 76 degrees in my pool. Not again. That seventy six is not warm enough for you. Not when you have to try to get a pool, uh, a pool steps into a pool. Not really. Not ideal. Guy, it's June nineteenth. You don't have your pool all set up yet. My word, buddy. Gotta get on that. I'm behind. I'm behind. Get on that. I'll get there. I'll get there for sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get to, uh, to to today's show. So we've been discussing. Uh, kind of throughout the day if you look over all over Leafs Twitter there's a a very controversial topic that's now hit uh hit the Twitterverse I suppose and all the blogs and whatnot and it's whether or not the the team should buy out TJ Brody this was not a name that two weeks ago was really thrown into the buyout window discussion it was always Matt Murray was their number one bio candidate and then all of a sudden it appears that TJ Brody's name is being brought up into these discussions um, really quickly, as I guess it's still fresh, as this has been a, a very um, recent topic that's been broached here within Leafs Nation. I mean, what, what was your initial reaction when you first saw the discourse around a TJ Brody buyout? Are you, are, do you, do you get it? Do you not get it? Like, what was your initial reaction? I, I didn't get it. <laughs> I, like, I was just like, TJ, TJ, we're talking about TJ Brody, right? There's not like some other Brody that I hadn't heard about, like. It was just, and also listening to the like where this kind of discourse started off, right? I think it was Frank Saravalli that started off, and I'm just like, like listening to the le- reasoning behind it. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like part of the reason why the Leafs may not want to buy out Matt Murray is because they don't want that extra cap charge next year. You're gonna do that for TJ Brody? So I was just, I was just like shaking my head, and then obviously we put the poll poll out on our uh, Twitter feed just to say you know. Should the Leafs even consider this? And then I got a bunch of messages I saying, know. "I'm like, guy, we we didn't bring, we didn't, we're not asking for this. I'm not asking for this." And I'm just like, I, I don't get. I I understand it's a slow time in the in the hockey news department, Ruben department, but like this is not something you just throw out there and hope it sticks and you can create a debate about it in a way. Yeah, let's let's um let's not go any further before we do say that we completely do not agree with buying out TJ Brody. We'll go into the reasons why that is throughout today's show. But first and foremost, locked on Leafs, 
not on board with a TJ Brody buyout. Um, I was like just beside myself when I saw this discourse going around and I'm thinking to myself, TJ Brody is this team's like second best defenseman and often their best defenseman. Like realistically, TJ Brody in the last two years has probably been the most consistent defender for this team. Like he's really the only guy who I would say is like a shutdown guy for the Toronto Maple Leafs and why there's any discourse at all about buying him out just was absolute lunacy to me. And I, 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 you know, understand the fact that yes, buying him out would give the Maple Leafs an additional $5 million in cap savings this year that Brad Trilliving could go out and make a move, make a trade, make some sort of signing to bring in, you know, somebody else who might be uh, an upgrade over TJ Brody. But ultimately, I I don't think that's what you want to do because, like you mentioned, that means the following season there's a $2.5 million dead cap charge, and that would be the season that one of, or maybe both of, Austin Matthews and William Nylander's deals could end up coming up. And you want to save as much cap that year as you possibly can. I know it's going up, but I'm sure pretty much best-case scenario, the the amount it's going up probably going to be the amount that both Nylander – and Matthews will get with their raises. So I'm not sure you want to be adding much unnecessary cap. TJ Brody would be considered unnecessary because he's still a good player. He's still a serviceable top four defenseman. The guy played 21 minutes a night for this team last season. Did he have a tough playoffs? Yes, he did. He was injured last year. Let me put, go and, and, and say this. He was not the same TJ Brody that he was the past few seasons. Now, you could look at that if we're looking on at the, you know, why maybe you buy him out case, I suppose. Okay, yes, he's 33 years old. And you look at last season, career worst, 14 points, tied for career worst, and played just 58 games in the regular season. And then, you know, wasn't really all that good in the playoffs as well with Jake McCabe. Now, those are all the reasons, I think, the only real reasons why somebody would say, yes, buy out buy out uh, TJ Brody because perhaps all of that means that his game is starting to potentially decline and maybe you get away from that before that happens but it's only one year left on this deal like if his game has declined where he's no longer a top pair guy and you know he can only play 19 minutes or 18 minutes as as your number four you're still good paying your number four five million dollars in today's NHL there is absolutely no reason no justifying the 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 potential buyout of a TJ Brody in my mind no no yeah. justification whatsoever like you're talking about wasting cap space and like I don't know if it's just because Dude, the, I don't know. even I don't even want to look forward to wasting cap space he is one of the team's best defensemen yeah. who you like that, that that's that we don't even I don't even need to move yeah. forward into the cap discussion he's literally this team's second best defenseman behind Morgan Riley and often last year when Morgan Riley was not playing very well. He was the team's best defenseman, and he's been looked at that ever since he got here. He's been a model of consistency for many, many years. Anytime a defenseman wasn't playing well, you put him with T.J. Brody, and all of a sudden, okay, that's when he's at his best. Morgan Riley was at his best with T.J. Brody as his partner. Justin Hall, at his best with T.J. Brody as his partner. Jake Muzzin, at his best with T.J. Brody as his partner. What's the common denominator in all of that? T.J. freaking Brody, man. Like, there is absolutely no reason why people believe that you should buy him out and 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 give yourself, first of all, take him away off your roster next year 
and also have a cap dead cap charge two years from now, it's just absolutely asinine. He yeah. is still a really, really good, talented defenseman. And to add to, on top of that, you get rid of that, you get rid of him, you add that 2.5 of dead cap next year, you still have to replace TJ Brody. And I'm telling you right now, the replacement for TJ Brody is not going to cost less than what TJ Brody is making right now. Probably not. Probably not. Like Top it's, four defensemen usually run five plus million dollars a season. Yeah, it, it, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Now, I do have some numbers that I actually would would even back up why moving on from TJ Brody wouldn't be a smart choice because then there, there there's the, the discussion. Okay, if you're not buying him out, is he at least you know worth exploring a trade for? I think that's a completely different conversation, and that might be something that you could be worthy of of exploring. But a buyout, there is no no explanation that uh, Brad True Living could give me in a press conference that would make a TJ Brody buyout make sense. It just simply wouldn't. He's a good player on a respectable cap hit that still plays over 21 minutes a game and it is considered your your you know your anchor as a shutdown pair uh for the the last 3 4 seasons here with Toronto. So um I just think that it's 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 a ridiculous conversation that's being had out there. I know it's very uh very much just you know shooting from the hip in a way. Uh people are just, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, just spitballing when they're having these discussions, just discussing, you know, some dark horse bio candidates. But to me, th- this one's not even, not even a, a conversation or a question for me. Um, that being said, Dave, why don't we take a quick break? We get back, we can dig into it a little bit. I've got some numbers to suggest why TJ Brody, maybe his season last year wasn't actually nearly as bad as some people are making it out to be and why he, it would be a, a benefit, I believe, for Toronto to keep him around. But we could have that discussion if whether or not he could be trade bait uh, as well. So we'll do that on the other side. Also, some names were mentioned um, on uh, on 32 Thoughts today as some potential assistant coaching candidates. So we'll tell you who those names are as well. But before we get into all of that, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors. And it's our good friends at eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with their vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for green checks. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. This is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. We do each uh, Monday through Friday. We upload new videos. So if you're new to the podcast, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for uh, for giving us a chance and, and taking a listen to see what we got to provide. I know there's a lot of you know brand new subscribers of late uh, who've kind of tagged along after you know, my departure with the whole Leafs launch situation. So thank you to those who have joined me and joined Dave and I on this journey with Lockdown Leafs throughout the offseason. We are doing uh, podcasts all throughout the offseason as well. So make sure that if you are listening and you do want to be locked in on what's going on with the Maple Leafs throughout the next few months, you got to be subscribed to the Lockdown Leafs podcast. Also, we want to know from you guys down below in the comment section, let us know. What are your thoughts on this whole TJ Brody buyout saga or situation controversy if you will let us know down below what you think of the conversation um because dave and i clearly 
Not big fans of uh, of the buyout option of TJ Brody. But are you are you willing to entertain potentially, Dave, a trade of TJ Brody? Does does that interest you at all? I mean, it depends on what you're trying to what you're trying to accomplish, right? Like the whole point of trading a player is you got to have a replacement in line, right? Like you have to know, okay, we're moving TJ Brody, but we're going to be getting somebody equal or better in terms of play style and maybe cheaper. Maybe you're getting a clear upgrade and he has to be a part of the deal. Like I don't, like I'm not married to the TJ Brody and the fact that he's an untouchable, but I'm also like, I'm not just going to trade him away just for the sake of trading him away either. So what if I was to say for a second line winger, would you trade TJ Brody for a second line winger who makes in the realm of, I don't know, like three, three and a half million dollars. Yeah. It would depend on who that player is. I probably would say no, just because of the role that TJ Brody plays. It's harder to find those defensemen that can play the tough minutes in your top four play both left and right. Let's not forget that as well. He is yeah. a left shot that can play the right side. So like it have to be a, a, like a no brainer sort of move to do like a one for one situation like that. I would lean towards no, just because of the role he plays. So I'll give you a couple of reasons as to why I think maybe it's possible. We could see TJ Brody trade a buyout. I think is 0% likelihood of it happening. I think there's a, a, I wouldn't say strong likelihood of him getting traded, but I think that uh, if you're looking at players who potentially could be dealt to open up some cap space or to make some sort of change on this team, well, it's been reported that they have no interest in trading the core four. You know, they, they would like to return them and bring them all back. Well, then you start looking around the rest of that roster and that team. You're probably not trading Morgan Riley. So the next guy who's making a little bit of money in order to be able to make some actual change with this team would be TJ Brody. Like that, that is one of the benefits. If you could try and find someone to take him on a, you could get it. You'll definitely get an asset for him, which is also why you don't buy him out. He's, he's worth something. You will get assets for TJ Brody. Um, so you get an asset back, but then you also open up that cap space to do, you know, something else, whether that's replace him by signing another defenseman or you trade for a younger defenseman and hope that he can grow into a TJ Brody or you trade for multiple guys, whatever you may want to do. Um, you know, that, 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 that is a possibility. And the reason why I say where it's, it's possible is because we've talked about this in the past, Dave, what type of defenseman Brad Trilliving typically likes to to employ right you look at his team last year in calgary and he only had one guy one guy last season on the flames who was under 200 pounds on the blue line and that was chris tanev who's a pretty nails dude uh and plays a hard-nosed defensive style game and you wouldn't think that he's under two bills but he was like 197 or something like that 196 i think you look at TJ Brody and he's listed at 187. So it's a little bit of a smaller defenseman in terms of what Trey Living typically likes to have on his blue lines. And also, I know there's a lot of links between the fact that, okay, Trey Living and TJ Brody have a history together. But what did Brad Trey Living not do in 2020? Uh, Sign TJ Brody. 
he did not re-sign TJ Brody. He let him walk to free agency where Kyle Dubas scooped him up. So clearly he doesn't value TJ Brody as much as maybe Kyle Dubas valued him. And if that's the case, perhaps, again, another reason why Brad Trillivan could look to, to move on from TJ Brody. So I'm just giving some reasons here as to potentially why we could see a trade. Mm-hmm. Potentially, I think that's more likely than a buyout. Um, would I do this? However, Dave, I think I'm aligning with you. It would, I, I think it would maybe have, to, I would, I would have to definitely, I would consider a trade for sure, but it would have to be for something that's going to make this team, uh, better, younger, you know, bigger. I think it would have to make a lot of sense for them to do it. Cause you're looking at a guy who last year, uh, still was a very quality, productive top four player. Um, who was, if you want to look at it in the playoffs last year, uh, let me see, what are the stats here in the playoffs? He had a 221 expected goals against, which was the second best defensive expected goals against among the Toronto Maple Leafs at five on five, gave up the least amount of scoring chances per 60 among all D-men. And that was in, uh, you know, mostly defensive zone starts as this team's shut down defensemen. You look in the regular season as well. Same thing. You look at it. He's gave up the least amount of shots against per 60 at the lowest expected goals per 60 on the team and the least amount of scoring chances and high danger chances against as well. So he's pretty solid in his own end when it comes to limiting the opposition's offense. And that's exactly what you want a defenseman to do, right? Limit the other team as much as they can in the offensive end. And TJ Brody is a shot suppressor and doesn't allow a whole lot, also was a plus category in the um, takeaway giveaway um, margins there. So that's another good sign as well. So I I just don't think that when you look at TJ Brody, that his numbers have slipped nearly as much as maybe some are making it seem, just based on his point total being really low last year, just 14 points, still played over 21 minutes a game, and was very, very productive, just had a tough, tough first round alongside Jake McCabe uh, against Tampa Bay. You take that out of the equation, and this guy had a pretty solid, uh, solid season last year at the Toronto Maple Leafs, well worth $5 million, and certainly a guy that I would be willing to deploy out there next season with the Toronto Maple Leafs. But if the right trade came along, certainly – I think true living should also be listening on that for, you know, the reasons that we mentioned, you know, the turnover that we are expecting, it's got to come from someone. If it's not the top four hit that $5 million that's attached to uh, Brody's contract, Brody's contract that could allow for the Maple Leafs to do something, something plus he is 33 years old. So he is kind at that age where things start to go downhill. If you could get ahead of that a little bit, extract some value out of him. Um, maybe it, it would make some sense, but I don't think that he's uh, he's washed by any means. I think he could still be a valuable top four defenseman. I think so. And yeah, unless you're, unless you're uh, getting a deal that blows you away or, you know, are you trying to think, you know what, like we don't see him sticking around past this year. Let's see if we can maybe find a more long-term solution. You could look at that, but Looking at what is going to make if you look at other teams throughout the playoffs, what like it's it's the depth of their defensemen that make the smart plays that don't take the as many risks. 
like TJ Brody does not take a lot of risks when you watch him play. He's very steady. Maybe the one criticism I have is he likes to do those dives along the ice. Yeah. Pretty good <laughs> at them though. He can be yeah, pretty good at them. Although when it doesn't fine. work, when it doesn't work, it makes him look a little, it doesn't make him look good, but you know, he's usually pretty good. I, I just think that ever since TJ Brody has come to Toronto, like the Leafs blue line was putrid before TJ Brody got here. And he was kind of that start of that shift of where the Leafs blue line wasn't as wasn't viewed as their biggest weakness uh, as it was in in years past. So you'd have to really be getting a much better uh, player um, replacing him if you're going to be do, going down that route. Yeah, and and maybe even not better, but like you'd have to get a, a different kind of player i guess is would probably be because who's going to trade you a better player for 33 year old tj brody nobody but if you 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 might be able to get a different player um potentially in in a deal like a joel edmondson type of guy who's who's just you know a different type of player i don't know if i'd be willing to to go there but that was just an example that was at the top of my head but uh, maybe it's something that we could explore. Is there a TJ Brody trade that you've explored as the listener? If you don't want to know, or if you want to tell us one of the TJ Brody trades uh, proposals that you've kind of thrown out there into the universe, why don't you let us know down again in the YouTube comments, what's a trade TJ Brody trade package that, uh, that you want us to comment on potentially let us know in the comments down below. All right, we'll take one more break. When we get back, Dave, we'll get to those uh, three names that were mentioned today as potential assistant coach candidates to replace Spencer Carberry. Um, so we'll do that in just a moment. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Moore Studios and the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave more Sudi with me and uh, Dave, we heard well on yesterday's show. If you missed yesterday's podcast, make sure you go and uh, have a listen to that one. But we discussed the likelihood of Sheldon Keith staying put and being, you know, the, the guy next year. It sounds as though it's more likely that he's going to receive an extension than uh, than get fired. <laughs> uh, and that's mainly because we're hearing word that, well, they're discussing assistant coaching options for him, and I would imagine uh, if they were to be discussing assistance, uh, it'd be weird if they were to fire him <laughs> by doing that. So it pretty much confirms that Sheldon Keep is going to return, and there's a good chance that he ends up with an extension. Uh, anyways, we talked more about that yesterday. But what we didn't know at the time of the conversation yesterday were any names to watch in the Leafs assistant coaching search uh, it sounds like there are a few names that have been uh, popping up. Uh, we heard on the 32 Thoughts podcast today, Jeff Merrick had a few names that he uh, was told to listen on. Uh, I don't know if you have the list of names. Um, yep. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and, and tell me the list of names here? Yeah. So we have Carl, Carl Taylor, yep. Todd Nelson, and Mitch Love. So do any of those names perkier is at all so one that does for me and again this is another connection with um with brad you living mitch is Love. uh mitch love who was the head coach of the calgary wranglers yeah. and it's funny enough he was one of like the finalists for the flames coaching job before they gave it to ryan huska uh he was 
Huska or Huska on that? Huska. Huska. Okay. So I do think that name, that, that was like one name when I read it. And I'm like, Mitch Love, I've heard that one. And then I kind of connected the dots there. So I know that he's somebody that wants to get into the NHL. He's somebody that, you know, and he's someone that's getting interest from other teams. So I, it's, um, that, that was an interesting name. Obviously, we know Todd Nelson from, you know, his coaching days. Well, first off, playing days and also from his time uh, with the Oilers when they were not very good. <laughs> but I think that was also because uh, the Oilers just were not trying to be good at that time. So there's the Todd Nelson one there. And then uh, well, he was also he, he did spend the last four seasons, Todd Nelson, yeah. With the uh, with the Dallas Stars as an assistant, and so was the Hershey Bears coach this year in the AHL. Yeah, this year he's with the Hershey Bears. He was the head coach in the AHL. But I think you look at the Dallas Stars, and you know that's a team that went to a Cup final with him on the bench. So, and, and they've been a really solid team the last few seasons, and they've been able to develop some some decent talent. How much Todd Nelson has to do with that, I obviously. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but that was a name that I, I, I recognized obviously um, name mainly as an Edmonton Oiler head coach that one year, but also just realizing that he was uh, on the bench for the Dallas stars over the last few seasons. Um, but yeah, last year uh, got back to being a head coach in the AHL. So that's another interesting option. Um, Carl Taylor though, I gotta tell you, it's the first time I've heard that guy's name in my life. <laughs> yeah, so he's the uh, coach of the AHL's Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, he so he's been there since 2018. Uh, he did not get the job uh, when the Predators decided to finally get rid of John Hines. That went to Andrew Burnett and Barry Trotz. Kind of made he's like you know we think he's going to probably get an NHL job, so he's probably you know not expected to be back in the NHL. He also said like oh you know I think he's you know he he would be a good head coach. I'm like, you guys had an opening and you didn't hire the guy who's been in your organization. <laughs> so I find I always find that quite interesting. Um, you know, Milwaukee, they, it's been a pretty decent AHL team. So I, his name d- doesn't speak to me like like Mitch Love or Todd Nelson th- does yeah. do, in my opinion. So. I would expect though, if they're already hiring and looking at names and uh, names, we might we might see that vacancy fill up uh, fill up rather soon. Yeah, just looking now, he's 52 years old, so he's a, a little bit on the older side, an older fella. But uh, yeah, has spent the last four years with the Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, two of those years were uh, were playoff seasons um, for them. Was this year not a playoff year for them? Weird. That is 618 win percentage. How's that possible that that wasn't a playoff year? Maybe it just doesn't say what uh, what they did in that season. But before that, Texas Stars as an assistant. Um, so he's, he's been in the AHL for quite some time, since 2011-2012. So about 10 years he spent uh, as an assistant and head coach in the AHL. So he might be ready for, for the next step to get up to the NHL. So that's another name to kind of keep an eye on Carl Taylor as a, as a possibility to uh, take over Spencer Carberry's position as the assistant. Let's keep in mind too. Um, I noticed, I saw somebody comment on the last video that isn't Manny Malhotra still the power play coach and, and in the fold. 
Yeah, because if you'll remember, Manny Malhotra, before Carberry came, was the power play coach and was the assistant, and then they just hired Carberry and just kind of moved Malhotra. Like, it wasn't as if uh, it's – I don't know. It was kind of weird. Like, then they all of a sudden just had, like, three assistant coaches. They didn't fire Malhotra. They kept him on to help with the team and then just also hired someone else to quarterback the power play and and be the power play coach. Um, so I, I guess theoretically they could do, they could do, you know, get somebody else, another specialist, Mahalter could go back to the power play, but it didn't go very well when he was in charge of the PP. So that's why they brought in Spencer Carberry. So I wouldn't expect that to happen. I just want to address that comment. Cause I did see somebody, uh, in the comment section on the last video say, isn't, uh, isn't, wasn't it Mahalter who was involved in, in charge of the power play? Yeah, it was a few seasons ago. Then once Carberry came into the fold, he took over, and uh, Mahalter just kind of became uh, just kind of a specialist, a, a face-off specialist, basically, yeah. which has well has helped. I mean, the team uh, has been one of the the top face-off teams in the last three seasons since Mahalter came into the fold. So there certainly is uh, definitely a benefit to having him around as well. And plus, Mahalter was always known as a penalty killer more than he was yeah, as a power play guy. I always found it odd when when he was the the PP coach. I was like, eh, he's more of a penalty kill specialist, but okay, sure, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I would anticipate whoever comes in is going to be more of a, a, an offensive mind. And if I recall correctly, that was one of the reasons why Todd Nelson um, ended up kind of getting elevated into a role in Edmonton when they had that young team hoping to you know, get some offense out of that young group. So maybe he's an option. And like you said, at this point, maybe Mitch Love might be the the better of the three options out there who's had some success, a bit of a younger guy. I think he's like late 30s, so more in line with uh, the age of, of Sheldon Keefe, I guess, somewhat. Um, but we'll see what ends up happening. I'm sure we'll hear of more names. Nothing is official. These are all reports of just names that have been, that was heard by Jeff Merrick. Um, but potentially if at some point we could hear other names, apparently Travis green, former Maple Leaf, former head coach of the Vancouver Canucks was in the mix until he took an assistance role with the New Jersey devils earlier today. Uh, and, uh, our boy friend of the show, Nick Alberga of the least morning take also reporting that, uh, Bruce, there it is. Brucey Boudreaux has not yet been contacted for the position of assistant. So for those who are hoping to get Brucey back on the bench in Toronto, uh, maybe, maybe won't be happening here. Potentially they'll be going in a bit of a different direction. Who that is, we'll have to find out on a later date. That'll do it for us here today on the podcast, though. Appreciate um, everyone for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast and all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morris Sudi. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Uh, go ahead, smash that like button. Uh, subscribe, leave a comment down below uh, on Twitter uh, or on YouTube as well. We're back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.